0: Biggest single-day loss since January, the Nasdaq down almost 270 points, the S&P 500 off 69 points. We had a
1: deal with
2: China. It was 95% there. And then my representatives, as you know, Secretary Mnuchin and Bob Lighthizer, Ambassador Lighthizer, they went to China and they were told the things that were fully agreed to we're not going to get anymore. They're going to unagree to them. That's not acceptable. I said, good, that's fine. Put on the tariffs.
0: You're listening to USA Radio News. The tradition. The suspense. The race.
1: The Kentucky Derby is the pinnacle of horse racing. Rocket Mortgage is giving away 20 VIP trips to witness the Kentucky Derby in person. And one lucky winner will receive $250,000. Use it to purchase your dream home or pay off your mortgage. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com. The fashion, the mint juleps, the parties. This is your opportunity to experience it all firsthand thanks to the Rocket Mortgage Homestretch Sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win $250,000 and one of 20 VIP trips to the Kentucky Derby. The Rocket Mortgage Homestretch Sweepstakes. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com
3: no purchase necessary 21 years or older ends on april 7 2019 homestretchsweepstakes.com equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states nmls number 3030.
0: former president jimmy carter who is 94 recovering from surgery after falling and breaking his hip at his home in plains georgia carter was on his way to a turkey hunt this fall the latest health scare for carter who was diagnosed with melanoma that spread to his brain and liver back in 2015. Doris Day, one of Hollywood's most popular stars in the 50s and 60s has died. She was 97 years old. A funeral service and a 12 mile procession bringing traffic on I-10 to a standstill as hundreds of police officers from across the country attend the service for Biloxi police officer Robert McKeithen. He was ambushed and shot to death in front of Biloxi police headquarters by a 19-year-old man, Darian Tawan Atkinson. He's under arrest and charged with murder. This is USA Radio News.
4: The man, the comedian, the legend, George Wallace returns to Las Vegas with a new show at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. George Wallace has been selling out comedy clubs and concert venues all over the world for decades. And now he brings his new show, Wallace at Westgate, to Las Vegas Tuesday through Saturday at 8 o'clock. Tickets start at just 65 and can be purchased at westgateresorts.com. That's westgateresorts.com. George Wallace, great for fans of all ages. Don't miss the legendary George Wallace at the Westgate.
1: It's Saturday Night Fever six nights a week with the Australian Bee Gees Show at the Excalibur Hotel and Casino. One of the most successful and adored acts in musical history is recreated at the Excalibur in a 75-minute multimedia concert event. With over 22 years of experience, this is the Bee Gees tribute that you must see. The Australian Bee Gees Show at the Excalibur, Saturday through Thursday nights at 7. Make your reservations now at 702-597-7600.
2: Wahoos Fish Tacos has fast, fresh, and healthy made-to-order food. At Wahoos, we encourage you to nourish yourself with food and experiences that make you feel more alive. So, ride those waves, love what you eat every day, and be authentically you. Visit one of four area Wahoos locations. Centennial Hill Wahoos, Henderson Wahoos, Boca Park Wahoos, and Las Vegas Wahoos. Online at Wahoos.com. That's Wahoos.com.
3: Cause I'm ready to go. Cause get
1: ready to kick it up a notch. If you live and breathe sports, then this is the place to get your hot takes. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. Vegas Sports Hub. With your host, Ian Raquelli, On KSHP AM 1400. Or stream the show live at KSHP.com. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for Vegas Sports Hub with Ian Rakelli.
2: Kelly.
5: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP, 1400 AM. I'm your host, Ian Rick Kelly. We got my co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer. Hello. And it's going to be a great show tonight. As we're going to get into the baseball world to start out the show, and then later on we're going to get into the NBA, because my co-host and I, we have some good topics to discuss in the basketball world. Yeah, I'm excited about basketball. Absolutely, but stay tuned for that later at the bottom of the hour. Now, getting into the baseball world, when it comes to the opener, the opener is kind of a brand new thing in the baseball world. It was kind of introduced last year by the Tampa Bay Rays. However, this is also a reoccurring thing that has happened before. It was just under a different name. Now, for people who are confused and do not know what a opener is in baseball, I'm going to give you the definition. A opener is when a pitcher who specializes in getting the first outs in a game before being replaced by a starting pitcher or a long-term reliever. So what teams have been doing in baseball is that they take a reliever like Sergio Romero for the Tampa Bay Rays, they put them in in the first inning of the game, get out their top batters at the top of their top of the batting order, and then in towards the second inning they put in their starting pitcher. Or what I have seen in the past
3: isn't that just wasting their their bullpen though.
5: See That is actually one of the things I was going to discuss, is that yes, you are wasting a bullpen spot, but on the other hand, when it comes to an opener, the reason why this happens is because your top of your starting lineup, the number one, number two, and number three is what starts out the game, the first inning. And before 2018, the inning that gave up the most runs out of all innings in baseball was the first inning. There were some teams that would get five, six, seven, eight runs in the first inning off of starting pitchers. So what thing with the opener and what this does, and what I'm gonna use Tampa Bay because they're the team that really started this opener strategy. Oakland kind of adapted it. San Francisco started to adapt it this year. But Tampa Bay kind of was the guy well kind of the team that started it. But what happens is that you put in your reliever for that first inning, and let's just say you're facing a team like the Yankees. They're number one, number two, and number three are one of their best hitters in the lineups. If, as a reliever, with you throwing as hard as you can during those first three batters, if you can get those three batters out, it will make your starting pitcher, it will make his job a lot easier going down the lineup four through nine. Then the second time they're up, it's also going to throw off the timing for those top three batters, because they were used to seeing that relief pitcher on that first at-bat. Now they got to face somebody else for their second at-bat. Now, I want to give a historical example of the first time that an opener was used. And actually, I'm going to go back to the 1990 NLCS. The Pittsburgh Pirates used relief pitcher Ted Power to start their game before putting in their starting pitcher, Zane Smith, to play the rest of the game. That was super effective against the Cincinnati Reds. It threw off their starting lineup. It made them change a couple of things, and they went on to go to the NL uh, world. And when may go on to the NLCS, they did not make it, obviously. Uh, they lost. So one the interesting thing about this is that it was first suggested in 2013 by Brian Groznik of SB Nation. He explained that it would be a good idea You kind of split up the innings. To have it be the first, second, and third inning, kind of have a system where it would be three innings, three innings, three innings. It wouldn't burn out your pitchers. Their arms wouldn't wouldn't be burnt out towards the end of the year. Now, I've got two pros and one con for this opener system. Ethan, do you want to hear it? Yes, of course I do. All right. My first pro that I have for this opener system is that the reliever, can be called in to face the best hitters in your lineup.
3: So let's take, for example, uh, say like a team is facing the Yankees and their starting pitcher's getting ready to face uh, what's his name? Aaron Judge.
5: Uh, Aaron Judge, John there Carlos Stanton. So Red they're Card- allowed
3: to switch their pitcher before he's allowed, before Aaron Judge comes up to bat.
5: Theoretically, you could have a pitcher face one batter and then have. Your starting pitcher taken, yes.
3: I I don't don't agree with that. I don't. I think that just wastes your bullpen, and then you're just wasting guys.
5: In fact, in the 2012 uh, playoffs, Cincinnati res Johnny Cueto. He only faced one batter before they took him out.
3: In yeah. The f- well, how does that help with his arm? That I mean, if he's warming up like that, and then all of a sudden he's in there for. One well, because this is throwing. not
5: supposed to benefit the reliever. It's supposed to benefit the starting pitching because they're not going to well, be having the base. Well, it should benefit.
3: It should benefit the reliever because if you think about it hypothetically, let's say they're on their last season with the team and then they're going somewhere else. You want to be able to show what you what you can do to other teams. Say say the team that you're playing. You're gonna get. You're gonna sign to them because they like what they see. You want to be able to show them and not just throw one to. Maybe four pitches, however many t- pitches it takes to get one batter out or one batter on on the bag. I don't. I'm not a fan of that. I don't. I don't agree with that. I well, think they need to take well, it away. Well, not many with
5: uh, fans are a big fan of the opener,
3: and those people are correct.
5: However, when I look at what is going on with the opener system, I will say that one of the other pros that I listed was that for a starting pitcher. Instead of facing the top of the batting order three, even four times, now you only have to face that top of the batting order only two times, maybe three times at the max. But normally only two times because most starting pitchers get taken out around the seventh inning, which is a big plus for starting pitchers because that means they're not going to have to face the best hitters, those power hitters, more than two times, which is going to benefit them. Now here is the con to the opener system and this is a con that a lot of people have brought up due to how much a reliever gets paid and how much they do not get paid as much as starters do mlb teams could take advantage of that they could potentially reduce a starting pitcher's salary due to less innings pitched that's a big deal so starting pitchers could potentially have their salaries reduced because they are not pitching as many innings as they used to because of a opener system. And that is a big deal obviously if you are a starting pitcher. Now, I want to ask Ethan here, when it comes know. when it comes to this opener system from everything I've explained, why do you think teams are doing this? Tampa Bay started it. Now Oakland and San Francisco have kind of adapted it this year.
3: I honestly don't know. I I think they're just trying to uh I feel like they might be trying to give their starting pitchers a longer rest if that makes sense so they're trying to you know maybe have more of a feeling out process in a way so they're looking at their top batters and you know the the starting pitcher is probably sitting in the dugout with like pad and paper writing down all the pitches that are going in as a strike and what are going in as balls and you know they're they're adapting to that. They're to game planning. Exactly. Right. There you go. The
5: thing about the opener system, and we're about to head to our first commercial break after this, but when we look at the opener system in MLB, I like certain parts of it. I like the fact that if you are one of the best hitters in baseball, you don't have to face a guy like, let's just use an example, uh, Edwin Jackson. You don't have to use a guy like him who's a starting pitcher. You don't got to face the best hitters in you know immediately right out the bat you know you can take a little while you can kind of you know relax for a little bit and then the third and fourth inning finally get to that hitter if you're a starting pitcher it benefits you in certain areas and then it hurts you badly in certain areas and then if you're a hitter if you are a hitter using the opener system it's going to mess up your timing because when you're a starting pitcher you throw certain pitches and as a batter you kind of look out for certain pitches that hit, that pitchers throw if you're a hitter. If you're one of those smart guys who watches films, who watches everything they do, that's what you're going to be looking for. Well, if you're going up against a reliever in that first inning, you are not going to really be planning against that reliever as much as you would have the starting pitcher of that day. Now, when we come back on Vegas Sports Hub on KSHP 1400 AM, when we come back, I'm going to continue my baseball conversation I'm going to get into some players who are, as of right now, performing great on their new team they have been put on in 2019 here on Vegas Sports Hub. The man,
4: the comedian, the legend, George Wallace returns to Las Vegas with a new show at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. George Wallace has been selling out comedy clubs and concert venues all over the world for decades. And now he brings his new show, Wallace at Westgate, to Las Vegas Tuesday through Saturday at 8 o'clock. Tickets start at just 65 and can be purchased at westgateresorts.com. That's westgateresorts.com. George Wallace, great for fans of all ages. Don't miss the legendary George Wallace at the Westgate.
6: Attention, Facebook Live Show fans! Join us every Friday at 5 p.m. for our big live shopping show.
3: You can follow us on Facebook at KSHB Vegas and get notifications when we go live, or just log in every Friday at 5.
6: The Facebook Live Show is just like the radio shopping show, but on Facebook, so you can see us and interact with us live.
3: If you can spread peanut butter on bread, then you can find us and watch us on Facebook. It's that easy.
6: We also love to do
5: contests and give away free stuff.
3: Don't forget, Fridays at 5 p.m. at KSHB Vegas, exclusively on Facebook.
5: In 1974, a tiny little kitchen started selling omelets to locals and tourists in historic downtown Truckee, California. At 10 feet, 3 inches wide, and only 39 seats, guests would have to squeeze in to eat their breakfast. From little beginnings to the big time in Las Vegas, Squeeze In has been featured on Food Network and Forbes for their great food served by genuinely happy people in a super fun environment. Squeeze In has two locations in Las Vegas. Go to their website at squeezein.com for more information. Welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP, 1400 AM. I'm your host, Ian Rakelli, co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer. What's up? We're going to continue our baseball conversation, but before we get into some great players, I want to talk about the Las Vegas Aviators, the Triple A team. They are playing a game currently right now against the Tacoma Rainers. What's the score? Right now, it is 0-0. What inning? It is in the first inning. How many outs? <laughs> I'm just going to uh, you. Okay. So now my grandparents are at this game, so I want to give a quick shout out to them. They are currently uh, Are they listening
3: in or are they just focusing on the uh, they game?
5: were probably listening in. They're probably listening on Spotify, which oh, okay. you can listen into the show on spotify.com at uh/vegas Sports hub. Now, Tacoma, they beat them 4 to 1 on Saturday, lost 10 to 6 on Sunday. Jeez. And they will be facing them tomorrow afternoon at 10:35. On wow. Tuesday, uh, do you like morning games when it comes to baseball or any sport in particular? I don't mind them.
3: I think they're kind of fun. Uh, I think the only thing that sucks would be just waking up in the morning. <laughs> I, I like to I like to sleep in. So my well, my only my only fear with like afternoon games and like morning games is you know the attendance because you know how many people are actually going to wake up to you know go to a baseball game. Or even a hockey game. There were a couple like when the Wranglers were still in town. There were a couple Wrangler games that were like really early in the morning and like the mid afternoon, and nobody would go. Right. That's my only fear with like afternoon games. Right. Or like
5: last year when they had a twelve o five game for the Golden Knights and the Toronto Maple Leafs.
3: Yeah, and there was. I mean, it was probably sold out, but like, how many of those seats were actually filled?
5: Right, exactly, because you know it's an afternoon game Exactly Now, the player I want to look out for Or a player I want to mention From the Las Vegas Aviators Is their second baseman, number 5, Corbin Joseph He was a fourth-round pick by the New York Yankees He has appeared in 16 MLB games For the New York Yankees and Baltimore Orioles The Oakland A's claimed him from Baltimore in December of 2018 And he is a two-time All-Star in Double-A before coming up to AAA. Now, the interesting fact about Corbin Joseph is that his older brother is Diamondbacks catcher Caleb Joseph. Wow. And they played 14 games together last year with the Baltimore Orioles. Nice. So I just want to give that nice little tidbit and little shout-out to Corbin Joseph, the second baseman for the Las Vegas Aviators. Now, let's get into some great players right now in the baseball world. I want to start out with the first baseman from the St. Louis Cardinals, and that is Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, 10 home runs, 23 RBIs in 41 games this year. Look, Christian Walker might be doing good at his replacement with the Arizona Diamondbacks, but when you look at what Paul Goldschmidt has been able to do since coming over from St. Louis, he has been a definite, definite plus for the St. Louis Cardinals. He has made that team better and I'm excited to see what the Cardinals do throughout the uh, whole year because the St. Louis Cardinals are going to be a team that's going to be in contention for the NL Central. I mean, the Chicago Cubs have won 21 out of the last 27 games, so I don't think the Cardinals are going to be able to compete on that level, but I think the Cardinals could be a wild-card team coming out of the NL Central. We're going to go over to the uh, West Coast, and we're going to go with Domingo Santana, a right fielder for the Seattle Mariners. 8 home runs, 36 RBIs, and a 8.38 OPS. Very interesting about Santana is that he came over from the Milwaukee Brewers, who made it to the NLCS last year. The problem with Santana is that the Brewers were on a... They had way too many outfielders. You had Lorenzo Cain, Ryan Braun. You had Christian Yelich. You had Santana. You had uh, Keon Broxton. You had all these players that were in the outfield for the Brewers, and I had to let go of a couple of them, and Santana was one of those guys. I'm really happy to see him doing well for the Seattle Mariners. Next on my list, the left fielder for the Houston Astros, and that is Michael Brantley. He came over from the Cleveland Indians. So far, 10 home runs and 29 RBIs. He has a .331 batting average right now, and a very interesting statistic is that his... Slugging percentage is the highest By a Houston Astros Player to debut for the team Since Moises Alou In 1998 Moises Alou had a 938 whereas Michael Brantley had a 898 so good job there By Michael Brantley and his New start with the Houston Astros I'm going to stick with this the West Coast and we're going to stay with the Seattle Mariners I'm going to go with Jay Bruce their outfielder 12 home runs, 25 RBIs. He's batting .516 as a slugging percentage this year, which is 200 more than what he did last year for the New York Mets, only .310 slugging percentage in 2018. Jay Bruce has been a he has been a guy that you would call a veteran journeyman in baseball. He's with the New York Mets, he was with the Cincinnati Reds, he was with Cleveland all those years back. So when you look at Jay Bruce and his career and how many teams he's had to go by, the fact that he is now in Seattle, he's doing good there. I am happy for Jay Bruce to finally having a good run there. And now my final, uh, my final player I have on my list is a former Houston Astro, and that is starting pitcher Jordan Lyles from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, he has three and one, two point zero nine ERA. He has had 35 strikeouts, and here's the interesting part. He has the same amount of wins in this current season as he did last year with Milwaukee. He went 3-4 and four last year, and he is 3-1 and one already for Pittsburgh. I'm happy to see that Jordan Lyles is doing good for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, the Rule 5 draft, not many people know about this. In fact, Ethan, I don't even think you even know about that, right? The Rule 5 draft in MLB? Nope. Exactly, because not many people bring much attention to it. I just don't
3: care about it, to be completely honest. I'm kidding. I I, I care about it. (laughs) Now,
5: the Rule 5 draft is basically if you are a younger player or if you're a player that is no longer needed on a 40-man roster, you can be optioned to be selected by another team and be acquired by them. There have been five players from the last four drafts that have been great for their team this year
3: so is that like somebody that's like under 20 or like just under? well normally it's around 20 their uh, rookie year
5: well not rookies but it's around uh 26 27 you know okay around that part where they're still young but they're not you know they're not prime players okay
3: but so then they can go from like say the mets to the mariners
5: that is correct they can go from they if a team wants to they can acquire them in the rule five draft okay These five players in the last five years have been made a huge impact. 2018, I want to talk about relief pitcher Reed Garrett. He was selected by the Detroit Tigers from the Texas Rangers. In 11 games this year for Detroit, he has had 12 innings pitched, 9 strikeouts, and so far not a loss for the Detroit Tigers. Good job by him. The second player I have on my list is another reliever, and that is Kyle Dowdy. From the 2018 draft, he was claimed by the Texas Rangers from the New York Mets. And so far, in his 10 games this year for Texas, he has two wins, one loss in 10 games, and he has 14 strikeouts for the Texas Rangers. That's not too bad. It was actually a very good pickup by them, considering they let Reed Garrett go and went to Detroit. From the 2017 draft, Elysier Hernandez was selected by Miami from the Houston Astros, the team that have won the World Series just that recently. Now, he made his MLB debut in 2018 for the Miami Marlins, only won two games last year. However, I mean, it's the Miami Marlins. They were a horrible team. What'd you expect? Now, Hernandez, this year in AAA New Orleans, has a 1.16 ERA, one win, one loss in his six appearances in AAA. And I expect him to get brought up to the Miami Marlins roster at some point from the 2016 draft reliever Armando Riviero he was selected by the Atlanta Braves from the Chicago Cubs now he is 0-1 but he has a 1.96 ERA he has 19 games in appearance 21 strikeouts and 23 innings pitched so despite not all having a win so far he has done pretty well for the team he's with. And then my final player I have for my Rule Five Draft, this was from twenty fifteen. Is reliever Joe Bignini was selected Bignini. by the was selected by the Toronto Blue Jays from the San Francisco Giants, who had won the World Series the year prior. He in his in his nineteen games he has appeared in for the Toronto Blue Jays. He has two wins, one loss, and a ERA around three, 16 strikeouts, and 18 innings pitched. So these five these five pitchers, they took an opportunity of going to another team, and they have made it work for their uh, career. Now, Ethan, I want to ask you, if you were a player okay. and you were available for the Rule 5 draft, would you prefer to be selected by another team and get a brand new start, or would you want to stay with the team you are at?
3: Ooh. Um you know, I I think I would that's a little tough. I my heart would be kind of torn. I think I would like to go to a new team though. I I'd, I'd like to get some, you know, if it means that I get to start, not not start, but at least like have a chance to play, I'll go for it. And you know, fresh faces aren't a bad thing. What about you?
5: Well, the point that I was going to make out of that from my standpoint, I say that there are pros and cons to it. The pro is that if you get to go to another team, you'll have more of an opportunity to start, you'll get more games, and you'll get more of an opportunity, and you'll get more money as well, considering that you know, you're going to be with a brand new team. It all depends, However, though. the con is, is that the team that drafted you is most likely the team that you are with right now, the team that you're currently with. And a lot of people get attached to the team that they're with, and they don't want to leave when they're young. Right. When they get older, obviously they don't really care that much. But when you're yeah. like 21, 22, like twenty-three, you're kind of you—you know—you kind of care about the team that you are with. Mm-hmm. Now, when we come back on Vegas Sports Hub on KSHP fourteen hundred AM, I am going to get into our basketball segment. We're going to talk about Kawhi Leonard and the twenty nineteen NBA draft. So stay tuned on Vegas Sports Hub.
6: When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us.
3: Jumper's Jungle Family Fun Center is an indoor children's jump and party space in Las Vegas, located at 2050 South Rainbow Boulevard. Kids of all ages can come and jump on our bouncers, race through the obstacle courses, speed down the mega slides, slam dunk into the basketball hoops, and much more. Are you looking for that perfect birthday party venue? Look no further. Jumper's Jungle has a party package that will fit your needs. Check out the open play schedule online at jumpersjungle.com or call 702-463-JUMP. It's time to jump your way to fun at Jumper's Jungle on the corner of Okie and Rainbow.
2: Experience the vacation of a lifetime with Dream Vacation Week. Enjoy a fantastic seven-night resort vacation for a low price at some of the most popular destinations in the world. Don't take our word for it. Hear what our radio shopping show listeners have to say about Dream Vacation Week.
0: Yes, we went to Park City, and it was the best. Oh, my gosh, it was so wonderful. To Sedona, wonderful.
4: It was a really good, really good experience.
2: To book your vacation of a lifetime, visit them online at dreamvacationweek.com. That's dreamvacationweek.com
1: destination south point 11 great restaurants bingo bowling movies race books sports books spa live entertainment oversized rooms and the rates unbeatable the south point las vegas book now online at southpointcasino.com or call 866-791-7626 southpointcasino.com or call eight six six seven nine one seventy six twenty six. 791 7626 at the south point las vegas you're always a winner
5: And Welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub Yes that was The audio of Kawhi Leonard's Buzzer beater from yesterday
3: Could you imagine How much Toronto fans Might have hated Kawhi Had the ball not gone in Because the ball if you watch that clip The ball bounced off the front Of the rim first So imagine that hits the rim And bounces forward towards center court
5: well, I would say I don't think he would return to Toronto if that happened.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I have a strong feeling he's coming back to Toronto next season. Well, you... I, totally,
5: I totally agree. I think he's coming back to Toronto, but the impact of this.
3: Did you hear about the uh, Drake curse that happened with it last night? Yes, I did. With him wearing the 76ers shorts?
5: I mean, look, Drake, here's the thing. If you want to curse a team, here's what I tell you to do. How about you put on a Carolina Hurricanes jersey?
3: No, put on a Boston Bruins jersey.
5: No, put on a Carolina Hurricanes jersey and walk around at PNC Center.
3: No, put on a Bruins jersey, walk around TD Garden. Okay, let's just come to a mutual agreement. Let's just have him wear a St. Louis Blues jersey.
5: And we just fist bumped it. Yeah, we totally agree on that, St. Louis. (laughs) Now, when we look at the NBA and Kawhi Leonard, I will say one thing that I guarantee on. You give Kawhi Leonard... 200 opportunities to hit that shot in the exact same way that he did I don't think he'll ever do it again
3: oh no not, not when you have to throw it over Joel, Joel Embiid, Embiid. Yeah. and uh, Ben Simmons he he literally had to lob it over their heads it
5: was similar to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar anytime he did the hook shot exactly, back
3: in the 80s. exactly. so you know you give him You can give him whatever you want. He ain't making that shot again.
5: But it was impressive. And the fact that Joel Embiid, by the way, showed so much emotion after the game, was that a good move by him to show that much emotion? I
3: I think it is because, you know, it just shows how passionate he is about the sport of basketball and how much he wanted to move on to play Milwaukee. But then that's the factor. Toronto has to play Milwaukee now.
5: Right, and uh Milwaukee has the home field, correct? Exactly. Okay.
3: They have home court advantage. And
5: <coughs> Milwaukee
3: is dangerous at home.
5: But could Toronto get the job done? Could they beat the Milwaukee Bucks? Oh, they can definitely get the job done.
3: But if they want to get if they want to get the job done, they have to get it done in six. They the Toronto Raptors, if they want a shot at going to the NBA finals, they need to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. On home court they cannot go back to Milwaukee at a game seven and play for whoever goes to the finals and why do you say that if you look at how how well Milwaukee has played a most a lot of their win streaks over this past season were at home they I, if I'm not mistaken they beat Boston at home
5: uh, they've only lost one game in the playoffs only one
3: There you go. So they've won every game on the road and at home. They've swept. They've right. They
5: went eight and one throughout the entire playoffs.
3: Exactly. They're a very dangerous team. In fact, the interesting Giannis is probably the leader of the team that is the most dangerous.
5: Oh yeah, he's a MVP candidate. And the point I was going to make is that if you would have asked, if I would have asked you before the playoffs start, which team do you think would be eight and one towards the first two rounds, everyone would have assumed Golden State.
3: I wouldn't have assumed anybody. I you don't... Wouldn't,
5: you wouldn't said anybody?
3: I wouldn't have said anybody because I don't think that, you know, going 8-1 and one in in that is hypothetically, you know...
5: Well, well, we could bring up the point that Golden State were 8-0 and zero before they met Houston last year.
3: I like that word that you just used. They were. Yes. Were is the key word in that.
5: And then you have Golden State and Portland in the Western Conference Finals.
3: I like this. It's Curry versus Curry. Yeah, Seth. Seth versus Steph.
5: Exactly. That,
3: that's gonna be a fun one. I feel bad for the commentators in that game.
5: And Curry is getting blocked by Curry. And yeah, Curry,
3: there you, there you go. Curry's block shot by Curry. Oh my god! Just Curry's make it going in. up the
5: going Who up. Who do the you cor- think
3: wins that series, though?
5: I say Golden State.
3: You think Golden State?
5: I think that Golden State do the all momentum they have, even though they lost Kevin Durant.
3: Do you go under or over in games?
5: If it was to me, I would go under. Because I think this will be a competitive series.
3: So you think five or, five or below?
5: Oh, Roughly? sorry. sorry. I thought you meant like in terms of points for every single no. game. Uh, no, but um, I think this will be a competitive series. So I don't think it's going to be a four-game or five-game series. You think it'll be six or seven? I say six or seven, yes. Okay.
3: I, I have it going seven.
5: It just And just like with the Milwaukee and Toronto series, I say six or seven.
3: I have that one going six to Toronto. I, I really... I'm confident enough to say that I believe Toronto will be in the NBA Finals.
5: Are we on the same page here? We have Toronto and Golden State in the NBA Finals?
3: I have Toronto, uh, Portland.
5: Wow. Yeah. Okay, tell me why Portland's going to beat Golden State.
3: Well, as much as I don't want it to happen, I, it's not It's not for the mo- more the fact of I just don't want to see Golden State in the NBA Finals again. My... If I see Golden State in the NBA Finals again, it will just solidify my my reasoning to say that the NBA is rigged. Because for the past five years... Four. Okay.
5: This will be their fourth appearance. Whatever.
3: Appearance. Whatever. Just... For their fourth year in a row... Yes. It will be Golden State in the NBA Finals.
5: And what's the problem with that? There's been dynasties in the NBA for so many decades. My
3: problem is is new teams need to be in the finals. I understand that, you know, Golden State is, quote-unquote, the best basketball team in the league right now for the past four years. And you could have also said the same thing about Cleveland last year, right? Right. So why not have, you know, give a team like Portland who, if Portland wins and they win the NBA finals, there's still a Curry that gets a ring. So it's not like everybody can be mad. I mean, it might not be the favorite brother, but at least a brother is getting a ring.
5: Well, the one of the point I wanted to make is that you keep talking about Golden State. The Los Angeles Lakers made five straight NBA Finals appearances in the early 2000s. Yeah, two thousand that was all from, in Kobe. But from 2000 to 2004, they made the NBA Finals.
3: And I wasn't happy about that then.
5: Okay, explain to me why.
3: I've always hated the Lakers.
5: Okay, well, we're kind of on the same page
3: here. <laughs> I... I hate the Lakers because everybody is a bandwagon fan on the Lakers. Just as, just like they are on the golden state warriors. All the fans went from the LA Lakers and then they jumped ship to the golden state warriors and they know nothing about the golden state warriors. Now they're going to jump back from the golden state warriors, probably to the Lakers. A a, maybe like I give it two seasons. I give it this upcoming season and I give it the following season and everybody's going to be back on the, on the Lakers bandwagon because the Lakers are going to have LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis.
5: That is a bold statement for any LA fans who are listening. We will be talking about them in detail towards the I don't think second we need part
3: because no one cares about the Lakers. Why <laughs> no? No one really cares.
5: <laughs> no, I mean the L, I mean the Los Angeles Lakers are the most popular team in Las Vegas when it Bandwagons. comes to the
3: NBA. Bandwagons,
5: but still, they are still the most popular team in Las Vegas.
3: Bandwagon fans, no.
5: Okay. I I, mean,
3: I think I.
5: I mean, in the NFL, the most
3: loyal fan base in California is the L. A. Clippers.
5: Okay. Well, actually, we're going to talk about the Clippers actually in a little bit. There we but go. But I wanted to bring up something: is that if you want to bring up that argument about bandwagon fans in Las Vegas, the NFL, the most popular teams that is your Denver Broncos. Yeah. So are they bandwagon fans as well? Yes.
3: I Have, I'm not I'm not ashamed to say it me being a Bronco fan, I've been a diehard since I was 06. I think I've earned my right to be to say that I'm a diehard. I've been through those ups. I've been through those downs. I've And okay, I've but, seen it but, all. But
5: do you agree that there could be bandwagon fans for the Denver Broncos?
3: Oh, I know there are Denver Bronco bandwagon fans, just the same as there are Chicago Bear bandwagon fans. Just the same as there are Oakland Raider fans that are bandwagons because they know no- actually, I don't think we can call those fans bandwagons because it's kind of their choice to like a crappy team same like the Browns. There there's Patriot bandwagon fans. You know, so the bandwagons just don't stop, but it's more what team is next. And you know, everybody's going to be coming up with, you know, everybody's going to be jumping to the Cleveland Browns bandwagons. So, you know, this season is going to be the 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 bandwagon of the Browns.
5: Well, you say the Browns, but there's one team I think that could be a new bandwagon.
3: Dolphins.
5: I say Chicago Bears. Considering Why is that, that? Considering that they made the playoffs last year, their roster got better in the off season, and the fact that majority of their young guys are now getting more mature, and they have that playoff experience now, mm. and you still have Khalil Mack in his prime.
3: Look, I, I, I don't think there's going to be that many bandwagon fans. I think, I think if you wanted your Bears to be in a bandwagon, have bandwagon fans, they would have had to go farther in the playoffs than just. Okay, well, one, can I bring up the Seattle Seahawks
5: as an example. The oh first, yeah, no, dude. After 2013,
3: no, no, me, their fan base. No, no, let me
5: use the example. 2012, the Seahawks, for the first year, they had Russell Wilson. They didn't do that well. No. And then the second year they tore it up and they won the Super Bowl. Third year they went to the Super Bowl. The fourth year mm-hmm. NFC title game, mm-hmm. and then the fifth year NFC title game. Mm-hmm. So that proves my point: is that you could have a you could struggle in that first year of a bandwagon. But then, if you are doing great for the rest of it, no, no,
3: no, 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 you, you, you backtracked. We're talking about the fan bases, not the team.
5: Sorry, well, well, we're talking about the fan base. If but you the, look but at if you look
3: at the 2011 Seahawks, their fan base was probably 30 people in that stadium. Right, but 20, come after the Super Bowl that they won when they beat my Broncos 43 to eight. I'm still salty about that, but I've learned to live with it. You know, those fans, the. 12th man that they like to call themselves they're nothing but bandwagons and they're proud of it and i give them props
5: okay you're talking about 2011 but 2012 is when it started i mean 2013 is when they won the super Bowl. yeah but 2013
3: is when it erupted 2012 is when it started but still you only had maybe maybe at that you had maybe a thousand fans after after russell wilson's started you had okay. maybe a thousand fans well i
5: could kind of do a low blow and say chicago blackhawks do me and you both being Black it Hawks wouldn't fans. be a low
3: blow because you're stating facts the blackhawks have had the biggest i would say the biggest right. bandwagon fans right. in the it nhl started,
5: it didn't start in 2010 no it it's, didn't it started around 2011 2012
3: i would i would say 2013 when they won their second stanley cup over the boston bruins
5: Okay, so are we going to say twenty eleven, twenty twelve is when it started. Twenty thirteen is when it erupted.
3: Yes, I, I'm I'm okay with saying that. You know, I I I think we both can agree. We've been Blackhawk fans for for a while. For a while. I yeah. I don't know when you started to become a fan, but I've been a fan since '09. And you know, I that was that was a rough year for
5: me. It was around twenty eleven.
3: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So not too bad. I mean, but yeah, no, I. I forget what we were talking about. Okay, we were talking about... <laughs> Something uh, in basketball. We were
5: talking about the NBA Finals. And, uh, oh, yeah, Golden State you were, you were having t- a
3: bandwagon fan yeah. base.
5: But, yeah, you say the Lakers will be the next one. I say it will be the Los Angeles Clippers when they get Kyrie and Klay Thompson. Anyway. There,
3: there's no way they're signing to the Clippers. Why not? If, if they want the big, the big stardom, they're going to sign to the Lakers.
5: But why not? They're not going to have to deal with LeBron. They'd still go to L.A. They'd still play in the same arena.
3: If... I don't think they want to wear the black, white, red and blue. I think if they want to play in LA, they're going to be wearing the purple and gold. And but why
5: would you want to deal with LeBron? Kyrie Irving already knows from first. Kyrie experience.
3: wants to play with LeBron again. There's absolutely no doubt.
5: I would be surprised about that.
3: I I would too, but at the same time, you know, I it makes the it makes the most sense because if you look at their days playing in Cleveland, LeBron and Kyrie they were passing the rock back and forth like crazy. And they were, they were giving each other shots. They were, you know, finding each other to have perfect dunks. And Kyrie's the reason that LeBron had all of those uh, lobs and all those alley-oops.
5: You are right about that. But you, let's, not, let's not forget that Kyrie Irving, his relationship with LeBron at the end of Cleveland deteriorated. Right. To a standstill where basically Kyrie said, I don't want to deal with you anymore.
3: Do you think that was all for show, though?
5: I don't think so. You think that was legit? Considering the fact that LeBron James and Kyrie Irving didn't talk for a couple of months until the All-Star game, literally the year later. I mean, we all know...
3: I think they they talked, but they kept quiet on social media and they, they had it all for show. This just proves that... The NBA is basically the WWE. It's all storyline.
5: I was going to say UFC, but anyway. No, because
3: UFC isn't scripted. Basketball and pro wrestling is scripted.
5: We'll have another discussion about that uh, tomorrow. for another show. But uh, speaking of another show, tomorrow uh, you'll be quizzing me on wrestling theme songs. Yeah. Tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. You're so Vegas.
3: done. You're so done.
5: He says I'm so done. I guarantee I'm going to get at least 50% right. No. 5 what? out of 10. I guarantee no. I'm going to get at least 50
3: No. I made this so hard for you.
5: All right, ladies and gentlemen, you stay tuned for that. Now, the NBA draft, it, the draft lottery is tomorrow. Yes. The New York Knicks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Phoenix Suns have the top three chances of getting the number one overall pick. Now, it's followed by Chicago, Atlanta, and then... Phoenix, and isn't then, it? No, Phoenix is number three. Oh, that's right. And then it goes Chicago, Atlanta, and then Washington. Now, oh, okay. now, when it comes to the NBA draft, I wanted to present this real quick because I did the numbers, I did the math. In fact, I made my prediction on social media and everyone was selling, saying that I'm wrong for saying the Phoenix Suns are going to get the number one overall
3: pick. You are wrong. It's going to be the Atlanta Hawks.
5: Well, explain to me why the Atlanta Hawks would get it with the fifth selection and only, only a 10% chance of getting it.
3: Well, you know that they gave up their... they had a trade with... Dallas. No, it wasn't Dallas. It was uh, Cleveland. Cleveland a couple years ago. It was last year, right?
5: It was with uh, Kyle Korver, yes. Yeah,
3: there you go. So, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I I feel like maybe Atlanta... Let Let's say Cleveland gets the number one draft pick, okay? Atlanta can turn around and say, Hey, we'll give you our two draft picks if you give us the first pick in the NBA draft. That might sound appealing to. Okay, but at the
5: same time, Cleveland's next uh, draft pick next year will belong to Atlanta.
3: Yeah, so it's basically uh, swapping swapping places for season for season.
5: Okay, but at the same time, would Atlanta do that again? Would they really go to Cleveland and say, "Hey, look, we are"? If they can get
3: Zion Williams, yes. Williams, but why why would that? But here is the thing
5: about Zion Williamson. I don't think he's going to be the number one pick. Why not? I think that John Morant. The point guard that blew up March Madness. I think he could be a number one pick. Look at the Phoenix Suns. Look at what they need. And now let's also look at the fact that the Phoenix Suns management said they would not take Zion if they were a number one. So Do you think wh- that affects Zion in a way? Why would it? I mean, he, the, People say that he's the best talent they've seen since Patrick Ewing.
3: Well, no, but an NBA team says... Oh, we're not even going to draft you. We're gonna we're gonna take our chances with another player. That has to affect their mentality.
5: Well, see, you would think that would affect them, but throughout the history of time, that hasn't been an issue for certain teams. Well, no, there have, but, been, there have been certain teams that have passed on players saying we don't want you.
3: Well, but also, if you sticking to Arizona really quick, if you look at the Cardinals, they came out and said, "Oh, we had no intention of drafting Kyler Murray." That has to affect... And then they drafted him. That has to affect his mentality.
5: Well, they only drafted him because they were going to get rid of Josh Rosen. They knew that they were going to get rid of him, so they needed his replacement.
3: Yeah, well, Josh Rosen kind of just, you know, screwed himself out of that when he made all those tweets and all that. So...
5: Well, you're not wrong.
3: So, I I personally believe that if if they didn't draft Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen would still be the quarterback. So...
5: Right. They would have took Nick Bosa, which a lot of people think would have been the number one pick anyway.
3: Exactly. So, but if you look at the Cardinals, they had no intention of of drafting Kyler Murray. They blatantly said, you know, this is all media, and the media is basically saying, oh yeah, we're, the Cardinals are going to draft Kyler Murray. Ky- Kyler Murray was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll play anywhere, I just want to play football.
5: The media, you brought up a good point, and this is what I wanted to talk about. If you watch the other two networks, which I'm not going to name because then they have to pay me for it, they have been shoving down people's throats. The Knicks are going to get the number one pick. The Knicks are going to get the number one pick. The Knicks are going to get the number one pick. I'm going to disagree, and I say I don't think the Knicks are going to get the number one pick. The reason why, the Knicks have a 14% chance. I did the numbers here, and I actually have the math presented right in front of me. Oh, my. Out. Let's just say there were 99 lottery balls put into there. The Knicks have 14. That means they have a 14.1% of winning the number 1 draft pick. That means there is an 86% chance that another team could do it. They could get the number 1 pick. Maybe a team so like I, Memphis? Right. So I'm going to ask you from a odd standpoint, which would you take? The team with a 14% chance or <coughs> all everybody else who has an 86% chance from a odd standpoint? From an odd
3: standpoint, I would probably take a team that uh the 86% um, I just don't. I wouldn't put a trust in you know, fourteen lottery balls, right? Because that that thing is spinning like crazy, right? So you never know what team is going to get it,
5: right? Exactly, and all these, and different- even if you
3: look at it, the teams that have fourteen percent, you know, New York, Cleveland, Phoenix,
5: and those are the three that have fourteen yeah. lottery balls, yes.
3: But then if you also go down Sacramento, they have a one percent chance.
5: They have one lottery ball, exactly.
3: Yes. That can be their lucky ball.
5: Oh, and interesting enough about that, by the way, if Sacramento doesn't get the first overall pick, it will go to Boston. Yeah. So Boston will get the 14th pick or yeah. whatever pick they get. Yeah. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this up is that even if you took all 42 lottery balls of Cleveland, New York, and Cleveland, Cleveland, New York, and Phoenix, if you took all 42 lottery balls and played against everybody else, they still wouldn't be the majority. it would be 42% going up against 57%. That's not that much when you think about it. No. So when you look at the top three, and then you consider the fact that from 2006 to 2014, none of the the teams that had the best odds won the draft lottery, that is a big deal. (coughs) That for eight years in a row, the team with the best chance of getting the number one pick did not get it. That is a huge deal if you're the New York Knicks. Personally, I think they would go to number four or number five because when it comes to the New York Knicks, let's be real, they're probably going to trade it for Anthony Davis. There's been so many reports that the Knicks are still in the sweepstakes to get Anthony Davis. For Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant's a free agent he can sign. Anthony Davis is a a trade. Okay. Let Let me propose this to you like this. If you're the New York Knicks, what would you rather want? Would you rather want the number 1 overall pick and get Zion Williamson and then pair him with Kevin Durant or would you get the number 4 pick, trade it for Anthony Davis in a package deal with a couple other a couple other things included and Kevin Durant. So you would have Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant instead of Zion and Kevin Durant.
3: Ooh. Uh I think I would take my chances with the uh with the Zion and KD uh pairing. But I think why? that I think that might get them to the NBA playoffs
5: but Anthony Davis a top five player in the NBA you don't think that he would get them to there to get them there no no but explain to me why
3: if he had if he was able to go to the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals don't you think the Pelicans would have already been there
5: but he has no talent around him uh Drew Holiday. Consider, consider the talent he has had in his career. Mm-hmm. He had Chris Paul at the beginning of his career before Chris Paul took off. Mm-hmm. You had DeMarcus Cousins for one season, and mm-hmm. then he took off. You had Rajon Rondo for one year, and then he left. Everybody that... And there's a reoccurring theme there. Anthony mm-hmm. Davis has had good talent, but mm-hmm. what happens? They leave.
3: Yeah, well, don't you think that with the one years that all those players would have had, would, had with them, don't you think they would have been in the playoffs every year?
5: Well, here's the thing. Anthony Davis has been to the playoffs before, but they were quick first-round eliminations. Mhm. I remember outside that. That was outside of, like of the one ago. outside of the one year that they made it to the second round. <clears throat> there was only one year they made it to the second round, and that, that was, with,
3: was That when they were the Hornets or the Pelicans. That was the
5: Pelicans and they were uh with DeMarcus Cousins and Chris Paul. But then they had to run into a team that was way better than them and they got eliminated in the second round. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So my point is that if you're Anthony Davis, wouldn't you be fed up by now saying that you've had all these good talent around you and they Wait, leave? now he's
3: fed up. That's right, why but, he wants to leave.
5: Right, but then you go to New York and you would have Kevin Durant teamed up with you. And then let's be real, the New York Knicks, they wouldn't just get Kevin Durant. They would probably try to get some more talent around them.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Think about it. They already have Dennis Smith Jr. at the one. You have uh, some pretty good talent and Mario has uh, Johnny who was a uh, with the Orlando Magic until he went over. Uh, Trevor Reza is not that bad. I mean, he's not great, but he's not bad either. And then you consider the fact that if they had Kevin Durant and then you have Anthony Davis at the 4 and the 5, that would be a very good lineup. It wouldn't be a championship, but it would be a team that would make the playoffs every single year if they did not get injured. So now... One final thing before we end the show here on Vegas Sports Hub. With the NBA Draft Lottery, he said the Atlanta Hawks. I said the Phoenix Suns. I wanted to put something out there. Okay. The Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans, there has not been any talks in the media, nothing about Anthony Davis going to the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to throw this out here. Anthony Davis knows the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams. He coached him in New Orleans the general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans, David Griffin, the GM of the Phoenix Suns just so happens to be James Jones, the guy who was a player of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, guess what? David Griffin was the general manager there. And then you consider the fact that the owner of the Phoenix Suns was the guy who hired David Griffin 20 years ago to be a scout for the Phoenix Suns. So you're
3: saying that...
5: You have so many links connecting the New Orleans Pelicans and the Phoenix Suns. You consider the fact that DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, is a great duo right there. But if you added a player like Anthony Davis to the Phoenix Suns, you don't tell me that with you tell you tell me this, DeAndre Ayton, Anthony Davis, you're telling me that that front that back that front court that'll get to you to the playoffs, but I don't
3: think it'll get you to the finals.
5: It'll get you to the playoffs, absolutely, but it will not get you <clears throat> to the championship, and that's the point I wanted to make with with any Anthony Davis deal. He is not going to get to an NBA Finals. I don't so care. I don't you, care. He's not
3: getting a ring in his career.
5: No, he's going to be what Carl Malone was—a guy who never got a ring. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Vegas Sports Hub. Stay tuned tomorrow as we're going to have. Uh, another show where, where he's going to be quizzing me on wrestling, my co-host Ethan Gettemeyer. Now, I'm your host, Ian Rakelly. Uh, check out all our articles and all of our content on www.vegassportshub.com. Go to our social media, Vegas Sports Hub, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow us there. And you can listen to our shows on Spotify and SoundCloud. I'm Ian Kelly, and this was Vegas Sports Hub.
1: Brian Blessing, weekdays noon to two on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Robert Walensky.
0: Well, despite the big announcement, stocks on Wall Street plummet. President Trump says he will meet with the president of China next month in Osaka, Japan. Still, the stock market doesn't like uncertainty and stocks deep in the red because of the tariffs. The Dow dropping a whopping 617 points to close at 25,324.